Alrighty, well I don't know about you, but welcome on this first weekend in December, and if your house is anything like mine, you're probably in full Christmas mode, okay? That means the tree's up, presents, most of the presents have been bought, thank the Lord, a uh, few more overtime shifts are being worked, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the outside decorations, we got those put up, uh, several gallons of eggnog have already been drank at my house, you know what I'm saying? I, I know, some people don't like it. But uh, I've got three kids. They love it. Okay. And Josiah has already started to pray for snow. Okay. So I apologize if we get any snow. It's his fault. Okay. I keep trying to slow him down saying, no, not yet. We don't, we don't, we don't need that till January. But he's not listening. Okay. He wants it now. You know, uh, one of the things I struggle most with Christmas, though, especially when it comes to decorating and doing stuff like that, is those dang Christmas lights. You know what I'm talking about? So you put them up for the year, and you think you put them up nicely, right? You, 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 uh, you wrap them up, you put them nice in the box. It doesn't matter. You take them out of the box, what do you have? A mess, okay? Now, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a little older, all right? And I say little, okay? I'm getting to the point now where I just kind of throw them out and start again. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to take the time to do it. But before, I would actually take some time to actually, you know, get them all, un all undone, plug them in, and without fail, every time you plug it in, what happens? You have half a strand, right? Half, because something happened. You have a burnt out light bulb, a uh, light bulb has fallen out, something. And oh, the hours that I have spent trying to find uh, what is wrong with them before I can use them. Okay? That there's something little, something minor that is keeping those Christmas lights from burning as brightly as they should. Then, once you, once you uh, fix that problem... You remove the bad bulb, you put the new one in, whatever it is, all of a sudden they're burning like they're supposed to. That's a lot like our Christian, our, our, our Christian lives. A, uh, a lot of times what happens is there's something in our lives that is keeping us from burning as brightly as we should. So we're kind of like that Christmas strand where we only burn half as bright as we should. Okay? And that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning is I want to look at our Christian lives and see if there's not a few things that we need to kind of pull out of the way so that we can burn more brightly for Christ. The, the, the text I'm going to be using this morning is, of course, Matthew 19, a well-known piece of scripture. It's about a certain rich young man. Everybody familiar with the rich young ruler? Okay. Like I said, well-known. Everybody's probably read it a few times, or at least heard it a couple times especially if you spend any time in Sunday school. Okay, that's one of the ones they like to talk about a lot. All right, but we're going to talk about him today. Because I think there's a few things that we can pull from this, from, from, from this communication that he has with Jesus about some things that we can pull to put into our own Christian lives to make us burn a little brighter. Okay? So if you have a Bible, go to chapter 19, and we're going to read a few verses there. It says, Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. And Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Okay. So let's kind of break that down for just a minute. So what I see, first of all, let's talk about the young man. If you look in the commentaries, what do the commentaries say about him? Well, he was not just a nobody, okay? 
Yes, he had great wealth, and that's going to be shown here in a minute, but from what they can see, he was actually someone of some standing as well. Maybe a leader or uh, something in the synagogue. Uh, he probably sat on some, uh, some city councils and things like that. So he was a man of some clout. He was some man with some, um, uh, with some knowledge, if you will. And so he, he wasn't just a nobody. He was somebody who lived a pretty good life. Uh, he was following the commandments, as he said. Okay? But what I want us to pull from that is sometimes I feel like we're kind of like this rich and ruler. And when we come to Jesus, I mean, he started out great. He comes to Jesus and says what? What must I do to get eternal life? Great question. All of us should be asking that because all of us want that eternal life, right? I would not like to have the other. If you, if, if you read the scripture, the other end of that spectrum is not where you want to be. Okay, I want the eternal life. Great question. He starts out great. But I see kind of this self-righteousness coming out of him. Okay? Because when Jesus says, follow these commandments, what does he say? I do that. Okay? I've done that since I was a boy in one of the other gospels. I believe it was Mark. Okay? So he's got that figured out, right? Isn't that what he's saying? No, Lord, I got that. Okay? What else must I do? What else must I do? Which is good, too. I'm glad he's asking, what else must I do? But sometimes I, I, I feel like we do the same thing when we come to Jesus. We say, Lord, what can I do to get into heaven? And he begins to tell us what we're supposed to do. And what do we say? Eh, I got that figured out, Lord. No, no, I understand how to do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I've done all these things. I've, I've done this. I've, I've kept these commandments. I've done that. And in the end, our cup is full, if you will. Okay? And what Jesus is trying to show as we keep working through this is that there is a need for that Savior. Okay? That's what he's trying to show. And what is interest, interesting to me is because I do feel like we do that a lot with self-righteousness. And we... And for me, that self-righteousness plays itself out in judgment on, upon other people, okay? Because if I can make myself look good compared to somebody else in the world, I don't feel so bad about myself, okay? And in essence, that's not what we're supposed to do, okay? What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to understand that God loves him as much as he loves me. And there's probably a worse consequence for me because I understand what I should be doing. The person out there does not. If you go to Romans 2, there's a chapter there that talks about the righteous judgment of God. And ultimately, he's the one that's going to have the final say-so when it comes to judgment. Okay? So I have to be careful because in my self-righteousness, I don't want to judge other people. Okay? I want to make sure that I understand that they are just as important to God as I am. Now, that should also encourage me to what? I want to be out there to share the gospel. Okay? So we have to be careful. We don't want to let that self-righteousness get in the way to where we think we know all the answers and we don't allow Jesus to put the things into our life that he needs to, which I'm fixing to show you what he wants to put into there. Okay. Uh, one, of the, one of my favorite movies growing up uh, was called The Forbidden Kingdom. And um, in it, there was this, this scene where this uh, martial artist master was trying to teach the young student. Okay. But the young student began the process of telling him all these different things that he wanted to teach him. And he just kept going and kept going and kept going. The beautiful part, though, was while that was going on, the old martial art master was taking a, a, a teapot, and he just kept filling the guy's cup up. And he was holding it. It was hot. And eventually it began to overflow. And the student was like, what are you doing? Stop. And he said, how can I teach you something if your cup is already full? Okay. And I thought that was good. 
Because I feel like that's the way we come before the Lord a lot of times. Our cup is full. When in essence, we need to empty that cup and say, Lord, what are the things that you want to put us in? Want to put into our lives? Okay, those things, those fruits of the Spirit, those things. That's what we want in our lives. We got to dump that cup out. We got to start over. We got to get rid of that self-righteousness. Okay? So, we got some self-righteousness going on here with the, with the rich young ruler. That's not the only thing uh, that he struggles with here. If we keep going, I don't think he the rich young ruler fully understand, understood the need for a savior that he had. Okay? And why is that? Well, if you keep reading there, it says... Jesus replied, and he gave him all those commandments, okay? Now, you have to take into effect, and remember the original rule said, yes, I've kept all those, okay? You have to take into effect that during that time, what was very, what, what was very important? It was the old law, right? And a lot of people were following that old law, expecting that to what? To get them into heaven, okay? They were putting all their faith and all their stuff into that old law, that that was what was going to save them. And Jesus was saying, no, that's not what the old law is about. The old law is to, to make you see that you have a need for me. Because there's no possible way that we can keep those, all those. It's impossible. The only perfect one was who? Jesus. So Jesus is saying, you're missing it by just a little bit. Okay? And you're missing it because you think it's about a bunch of rules. When it's really about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? I like the way the Quest commentary put it. Uh, I just thought it was awesome. It says that if this were the only thing Jesus said about salvation, it might sound as though strict adherence to the commandments could earn us a place in heaven. But Jesus said much more to explain this verse. For instance, he spoke, out, he spoke of outward obedience as an indicator of the condition of a person's heart. That is so key. He stressed that our relationship with God must be our primary focus, but that sincere obedience should grow out of authentic faith. I like that. So Jesus is saying it's not about a bunch of rules. It's about what? It's about the heart. Okay? So how does that work? Well, if we, if our heart is so in tuned to the Lord like it's supposed to be, what's going to come out? That obedience, right? So is it something that you look at and say, well, I have to obey these rules just because? Or are you saying it's because I love the Lord so much that I am doing these things? I think sometimes we get it reversed. And we don't look at the heart and say, where, where am I really struggling with that issue? Okay. Now, there are many times I can look back in my own personal life and realize that I didn't have the right heart when I was doing things. There's a lot of times that I will do things because I know it's what I'm supposed to do, but it's not because I want to. Okay. And Jesus is saying, if you have the right relationship with me and you're in tune to my heart, you're going to want to do those things because why? Because you love me. Okay. You see how that works? I love it. Okay. So we don't do things because, I mean, how often do, do people out there in, in, in the world come to us and say, well, you're just a bunch of people who obey a bunch of rules? Yeah, I do. Okay? But it's not because I have to. 
It's because of my love for the Lord Jesus Christ that makes me want to. And the deeper I fall in love with him, the more I'm going to want to do those things. Because I want to live a life that what? Honors him. And if I'm not living the life that honors him, am I really living my Christian life to the fullest? That's what we have to understand. It's not a bunch of rules. It's about a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And from that relationship comes the desire to want to please and obey the Lord. Okay? So, you got to get your heart in the right spot. You got to. And that also proves to the point that we need a Savior, which I think is extremely important to mention as well. Okay? So, Jesus was using the law to show the rich young ruler that he needed Jesus, needed him. Okay? How often in this world is it hard to explain to people and then after you're done explaining to them about, about Christ and they understand, but they still say no, because why? Because they don't see the need for the Savior. Why? Because in America, what? We're self-made men. We, we can go, we can do whatever, and for the most part, even if you're good or bad, you can probably make a pretty decent living and not have to worry about it. Okay? They don't see a need for a Savior. So how do we get people to see a need for the Savior? Well, usually you can't until the world starts falling apart, right? And then once the world starts falling apart, then all of a sudden they're coming to you saying, ah, how do I fix it? You know what I'm saying? Okay? But there has to be a need for a Savior. And a lot of times it can only be done if the Lord takes the blinders off their eyes, the spiritual blinders off their eyes, and says, hey, look. You know what I'm saying? Does that mean you quit sharing? Absolutely not. You keep sharing. But it's been amazing to me how many times just even... Even in VBSs that we've done in the past, you bring the little kids down to the front and you try to convince them that they need a savior. Okay, you ask them, have you ever sinned? Nope, never sinned. Okay, so then you start breaking down, have you ever lied? Nope. You ever stole? Nope. Not even a chocolate chip cookie? Nope. Okay, well then you can just go on back to your classroom. Can I still have a Bible? Absolutely, you need to read it. You know what I'm saying? And then you send them on back. It's what we struggle with. It's that need for a Savior. It's that seeing that we need Him, that He's the reason for everything. Okay? And that's what Jesus was trying to get through to this, young, to this rich young man. Okay? I don't think He quite got it yet. He's fixing to. Because what's the next thing that Jesus tells him? Because He says, what more must I do? What more? And Jesus tells him to... Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and then come follow me. So Jesus knew there was something standing in the way between this young man and salvation. And what was it? His wealth. He's very wealthy. Now, if you continue to read, it says that at this point, the young man became saddened and he turned and he walked away. Why? Because he had great wealth. Okay? He wasn't willing to give it up. Now, what a concept there for us as well. Is there something in our life that we are failing to give God control of or to give up in, in, in order for us to have that relationship with him that he wants us to have? How many times have we shared the gospel with people and what do they do? They turn and they walk away because they don't see the need or they don't want to give up control. Isn't it true? And how many times in our own Christian life do we put things above Christ? What needs to be the other way? Christ needs to be the, be the top and everything else falls under him. 
but we do it. Okay, we become too dependent on wealth, and there's a multitude. It can't, and I'm not just picking on money because there's an endless list of things that we can put above Jesus. Okay, the rich young ruler had made an idol of what his wealth. Okay, and he had no room for Christ. Okay, we can make an idol out of lots of different things, and then all of a sudden we have no room for Christ. So what is it in our life that he's asking us to get rid of, so that we can have that full relationship with him that he's looking for. Hmm? So that we can get to that heart issue. So that we can have that heart that just wants to be in tune to him and wants to obey. Okay? And as you continue to follow it through, so absolutely, He's asking the rich young ruler to give things up. But we have to understand that when it comes to the Christian walk, it is going to cost us something. Okay? Jesus was telling the rich young ruler that to follow him was going to cost him his what? His wealth. His possessions. Why? Because he held that very dearly. All right? In our own Christian walks, there's something that it's going to cost us. And how do we know that? Well, for one, did it cost Jesus anything? It cost him his very life. And did he say that we're going to get out of it? That it's not going to cost us anything? No, it says that if we follow him, we're going to have to drink from that same cup. It's going to cost us something too. And sometimes I think we forget that. That there really is a cost when it comes to following Christ. And sometimes I feel like I don't focus enough on that and sometimes I wonder if I'm really living the Christian life that I should because sometimes I don't feel like it's costing me enough and what I mean by cost I mean I'm suffering for the for the righteousness of Christ okay we can do it to where we we make mistakes and then it costs us something but that's on us I'm talking about the things that it cost us because we have chosen to follow Christ so as I was sitting there and I was thinking I'm saying what has my relationship with Christ cost me and one of the things I, that comes to my mind most most prevalently is relationships okay my following christ has cost me relationships personal relationships i've had friends that had to go different ways because why they didn't they didn't want to go with the things that i believed so those those relationships were severed we've had relationships with family where we're not able to communicate as what we would as we should because why because they don't want to hear about those things. Okay? Following Christ comes with some cost. And I think that's also what he was trying to get to with the rich young ruler. was saying, if you're going to follow me, it's going to cost you something. And that's your wealth. Or whatever it is that we are depending upon more than Christ. Okay? Now. Now that, that can be a real downer. Okay? I understand that. The passage doesn't end on a downer, but there are some important things there to learn to to learn from. Because the disciples were struggling with this a little bit because they saw this rich young ruler as somebody who pretty much had his had his life together. Okay? And they were confused as to how someone of his standing, someone of his background, if he couldn't make it into heaven, what chance did they have? Okay? And that's when Jesus uses 
that famous line that says what? It is easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. Okay? Now, like I said, he's using the example of a rich man, but there are so many things that you could put in place of that. Okay? And what was Jesus trying to tell him? Well, if you keep going, it says that with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. What a powerful verse. So there's nothing that we humans can do to get ourselves into heaven. Nothing. Who does it rely upon? God and his grace. Which was going to come eventually in what? In his death on the cross in just a little while. It's good stuff. Okay? Jesus is looking at the heart. Okay? He wants your heart. He wants you to be so in tuned with him that you want to obey. He wants you to put that self-righteousness away. He wants you to come to him. He wants to fill your cup. He wants to put those things into your life that you need in there. And he wants you to get rid of those things in your life that you're putting above him. He wants to be the only thing. He wants to be the thing you worship. He wants to be the thing that you fall in love with. And it is only his grace that's going to get you what? Into heaven. Okay? Nothing we can do. His grace and his forgiveness. And how does the, and how does the chapter end? And this is kind of where I want to leave it this morning. It says, Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or wife, children, fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and those who are last will be first. So, it may cost us something here, but when we get to heaven, what's going to happen? We're going to have our reward. And that cost that he's asking for is going to be well worth it. Okay? We're looking for that eternal life. We're looking to see what it is that he's asking us to give up so that we can have that relationship with him. So that's my challenge for you this week. Is to go and just to look at your own life and say, Lord, what is there in my life that I'm putting above you? Lord, what is that one thing that I need to get rid of so that I can begin the process of having the right heart for you. Okay? Let's don't be like the rich young ruler. When he said give your wealth. We turn and walk away. The answers aren't that way. If he asks us to give something up. Let's give it up. Get rid of it. And begin to move forward. And follow him. It would have been interesting to see. What the rich young ruler would have been able to see. If he had given up his wealth. And decided to follow Jesus. Now, in one of the other Gospels, I think is amazing. Because it said, and I believe Jesus knew how this 
this conversation was going to end. Okay? He knew it was going to happen. He knew the rich young ruler was going to walk away. But it says, and this is in, this is in Luke, it says that he looked on him with love. I think that's, that is just beautiful. So even if we decide to walk away, does that mean God doesn't love us? No, he loves us. Okay? Oh, the love that he has for us is something that I cannot even begin to fathom. Okay? Even though the rich young ruler walked away, he still loved him. Let's don't be the rich young ruler, though. Let's follow him. If he asks us to give up something, then let's give it up. Okay? If there's something in your life that you think needs to be removed, get rid of it. Okay? Start working on those hard issues so that when you're asked to obey, what do you want to do? You want to do it because why? You love Christ. And it's that love relationship with him that makes you want to do it. Does it make sense? I hope so. Okay? There's a lot to learn from the rich young ruler. Don't walk away from him. There's nothing in this world that is more important than him. And in the end, he's the only thing that's going to get you into heaven. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Jesus is it. So quit relying on your own stuff and start relying on him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we all struggle with something in our life. Something that you want us to get rid of. And a lot of times, Lord, we're playing the game where we try to justify why we have it and why we don't need to give it up. But Lord, I'm, Lord, I'm asking that as you look into our lives and convict us once again, Lord, that we do just give those things up that you're asking us to. Lord, we want to have those hearts for you so that we want to obey out of love for you. Lord, we want that saving grace. We want that grace that's going to get us into heaven. Lord, thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made and the lessons that you teach us. Lord, I just ask that you take the rest of this time and make it meaningful for us, Lord. Lord, we just love you. And we are excited to be part of this family. In Jesus' name, amen.